Good afternoon. It's February 14th, 2022. I've waited all day for my house to be quiet, and I've finally given up. In the background, you can hear our television talking about the prospects of Russia advancing into the Ukraine. And I'm going to talk to you today about America's children and what's happening to their education. And they're both equally important. This podcast follows the written version with additional extemporaneous thoughts and details. Read one and listen to the other for the complete understanding of my passion to advocate for better teaching practices. So today's podcast, The Recipe for Removing Competent Teachers. Podcast number 28, February 14th, 2022. Let me read that to you again. There is actually a recipe for removing competent teachers. I didn't say incompetent. The Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde administrators, combined with entitled parents, are depleting today's schools of excellent teachers. If you are a parent, teacher, or taxpayer, this is a must podcast for you. You're fired. (laughs) Not really. Not in today's 21st century school's mindset of avoiding litigation. Teachers are seldom fired. Instead, they are bullied by colleagues, department chairs, and threatened by menacing administrators until they resign. Today's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde administrators missed their Administration 101 classes on mentorship and due process, for neither are offered in most school settings. Case in point, In my book, Rescue the Teacher, Save the Child, which, by the way, is still available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon, I wrote about my experiences on the teacher roller coaster ride with my administrator at my last position. I was removed after years of harassment without mentorship or due process, but I technically was not fired. So first of all, you might ask, why did I stay in one place for nine years when I was being harassed? Actually, one of my colleagues strongly suggested to me that every year would get better, that I was the new kid on the block. When we reached year five, and I was still being treated without much respect, I asked him again, why are these people so mean-spirited? And he didn't have an answer. And by that time, I had stayed five years at the school. I was getting to a point I didn't want to interview for another job. So yes, that answers why I stayed in one place and received all of that harassment. What the admin wanted was me for, was for me to resign and go quietly into the sunset. I had the audacity to stay the course and remain in teaching. I loved it. I loved my kids. Uh, the adults... Not so much. My principal gave me the option to return as a study hall teacher. Isn't that nice? Several staff and teachers before me encountered the same treatment and results. It was the MO of the district and many districts like it. Let's just summarize it this way. God chooses suffering for good. I went to church yesterday and that was actually the topic of the message. I wrote it down for I've lived it. Let me speak it again, because it is all of our truth. God chooses suffering for good. My students and I built a sizable choral program, which received local, state, and national recognition. 
During my nine-year tenure at this school, there was only one year where I wasn't constantly challenged by both colleagues and admin. I will never know the reason why. But I did suffer mentally, physically, and in the end, even spiritually. That explains the suffering component, so where's the good part? My experiences forced me out of a couch retirement into an activist position for the better treatment of teachers. Pre-COVID, teachers were walking away from the profession in pretty large numbers. But today, according to U.S. News, 50% of our teachers are considering not returning next year. Let that sink in and understand the reality of American education's loss in the competitive worldwide market. Are the administrations of America's schools even listening? Instead of badgering their staff, they should be mentoring each new hire since many did not receive much instruction from their university classes. And if a teacher cannot make it in the classroom by the tenure year, then of course, due process must be the order of the day. We don't bully our kids. We shouldn't bully our teachers. Here is the truth pill, which is really hard to swallow. Any teacher today with worthy credentials and tenured can lose their job without the words, you're fired, let alone due process. Let's investigate the who and why first. Who are these summarily removed teachers and why are they being removed? Well, my best guess is that they're female teachers over the age of 40. Younger, inexperienced teachers can be manipulated to fit the agenda du jour mold, and it's budget-friendly. Oh, here's another fact. Conservative and Christian teachers pose a threat to the liberal ideologues pushing their agenda. That's why they need to be removed. Teachers who do not accept the status quo and fight for their students represent a challenge to any administration who cannot lead but instead take cover in their offices. There was even an example in several of the schools that I worked at where people didn't even, where students didn't even know who the principal was because they were never seen. And finally, teachers who push the envelope of creative education are underappreciated by parents, which encourages inefficient administrations to allow the unabated attacks on their staff. Hmm. And now for the how. In the district where I taught, this was the plan, and this is straight out of my book. So I quote, Exile Isle is a term used to compel teachers into resigning or retiring. I'll spell it for you. Exile, E-X-I-L-E, Isle, I-S-L-E, as an island. So let me tell you that again. Shutting my door for my dogs. When teachers quit of their own volition, no recourse exists to litigate damages against the district. My ordeal substantiated the implementation of Exile Isle as the end game designed for me. Tenure with excellent evaluations should have ensured my sustainability in my position. The Exile Isle procedure appeared multifaceted and scripted by administrators. And now I will give you a 
exact description of everything that happened to me within 10 months. Early in the fall term, veiled verbal and emailed accusations cast a shadow on my integrity. The administrator sided with any complaining parents making no efforts to fact-find. Emails with vague agendas periodically requested meetings with an administrator. Meetings always scheduled in the middle of the day, so returning to classes after receiving a verbal rough-up presented its own usual challenges. Oh, I go on. Three to four confrontational meetings per semester behind closed doors without witnesses proved debilitating. Answers to questions raised, my answers, regarding supposed classroom scenarios never garnered even a nod of affirmation from the administrator. I'm going on. Each additional meeting, administrators became more direct with printed out, unfounded accusations. The questions from previous meetings, already asked and answered, kept reappearing. And now, the tone of the meetings began to take on a demeaning nature by mid-year. Actually, it happened to me in December. My administrator actually spoke to me. This meeting is for you to listen and for me to talk. Going on. No rational answer would satisfy the administrator's growing distrust. And finally, at the EOY, end of the year evaluation, Teachers could return, but in a lesser position. This MO prevailed. And here's where it gets really ugly, even to the point where the EOY was changed at the last minute to reflect a poor evaluation. I really encourage you to get my book. As part of one chapter, I compare eight years of positive, exemplary comments about how I was teaching and what my ethics were in the classroom. And then I compare that with my very last semester's EOI, where it looked like I couldn't even navigate myself through the national anthem and the Pledge of Allegiance. It was really an eye-opener. And I know exactly when it happened in the meeting where I was removed, the one administrator left the meeting for about 15 minutes. And when she came back into the meeting, she held my EOY. And that was the EOY that looked like I was completely incapable of any kind of teaching duty. I'll continue with a quote from my book. On my daily drive to school, instead of experiencing the incredible beauty of the area, I found myself praying for strength and wisdom. No supplication could alleviate the knot in my stomach wondering if today would produce one of those gotcha meetings. The target painted on my back as the admin team went out of their way to make my life miserable. Exile Isle was not a familiar term at the time. I since found out about it at a meeting where teachers who were looking into their admin certifications were told about it from, of all people, my principal. Re-examining my final year, my banishment to Exile Isle began in the fall of 2016. 
which ultimately resulted being kicked off the island permanently in the spring of 2017. No teacher, exceptional or challenged, should have to endure menacing administrators who feel compelled to isolate their unwanted staff to Exile Isle. I found my advocacy voice, and now I encourage others to commit to that same cause. And that is the end of the quote from my book. So, does Exile Isle sound familiar? It should. There are similar programs just like it all over this country. All you need to do is read any of the numerous teachers' pages on Facebook. Looking back, I wish I knew there was a concerted effort to force me out of teaching. I would have fought harder and louder, perhaps even as far as litigation. Instead, I wrote a book and took time to lay out all the ways and means for students, parents, teachers, and administrators to unite. After all, we are on the same team, even though there were so many days I didn't feel the approval or glow of team membership. So how do we change this narrative? Well, first of all, start by truly caring about America's teachers. No, I mean it. Really care about them. We're losing them. The teachers' unions have come under much fire in recent months. Did you ever wonder why teachers' unions are so strong? I joined our local state association to receive advice regarding the terrible conditions I faced as a public school teacher. Perhaps if administrators and faculty provided mentorship, integrity, and kindness, teachers would not feel the pressure to unionize with others who fear constant attacks and the ultimate illegitimate loss of their jobs. You also play a role in retaining quality teachers in your local schools. And what can you do? There are four areas. First of all, intervene and stop neighborhood and parental gossip about teachers, thus averting their removal without cause. Secondly, reach out to your community schools and demonstrate your willingness to volunteer. Third, encourage parents to step back from their computers and quit sending dreadful emails. And finally, support battered and weary teachers by positive letters, defending them publicly and shed the light on those administrations who get away with inappropriate and unethical behavior. Well, you know, my last line is tune in soon, and here's the tease. Have the internet and reality TV shows wreaked havoc on American culture, thus negatively affecting American schools? Yeah, I think the answer is obvious, but we'll explore it. Please share this link with any and all. Read more of my thoughts at rescuetheteacher.com. That's rescuetheteacher, all one word, dot com. And especially if you're experiencing unfair practices in your teaching position, please reach out to me at rescuetheteacher at yahoo.com. That's rescuetheteacher, all one word, at yahoo.com. And here's even a better idea. Propose a book study, just like the school in Ohio. A book study of Rescue the Teacher, Save the Child for your school district. I would be happy to come and lead it. Happy Valentine's, everybody. Go out and make a great 